You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the show for age 50-plus business owners. We're interviewing professional advisors for their tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new 20-minute interviews and one-minute highlights every day at ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. And now the Exit Coach Radio Show proudly presents the All-Star Review, a compilation of one-minute highlights from past guests. Hear more one-minute highlights and full interviews from these guests at ExitCoachRadio.com. Business owners have a tendency to put their head in the sand about these compliance issues. They're busy providing their service or manufacturing whatever product it is that they sell. They assume that if the employees aren't saying anything, everything is fine. I see a lot of owners too that think, oh, that HR stuff or employment law, that only affects big companies. I don't have to worry about it. And in fact, the larger you get as an organization with employee headcount, the more laws that do apply to you. But a very significant number of laws in California kick in at the five employee threshold and even at the one employee threshold. So that not recognizing that they have that compliance responsibility is a very common mistake, I would call it, that I see employers make. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. I was just speaking with a client before I came here and he was worried about making a change in company policy with regards to their vacation and some of their benefits and he was wanting to do something a little bit unorthodox and my my recommendation was deal with any employees that might have heartache or hardship or issue because the labor commissioner doesn't typically come out and audit companies vacation policies it's triggered when an employee goes and makes a complaint So the more you can keep your employees happy and feel that they've got a voice and they're cared for, even if you're not doing things 120% to perfection, if the employees aren't upset, they're not going to go and file that complaint that's going to trigger the, the audit or the investigation. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. What is Phantom Stock and how does it retain key employees? Here's expert Harley B. Elland. One of the things I would say, and one of the current trends that I've seen in the last three to five years is as the millennials come into the workplace, I used to see people that did stock options. I mean, that was really where you got you know, a lot of the executive perks and, and really rank and file perks. Now the big drive is to what they call a phantom stock plan. And a phantom stock plan is kind of like stock, but it's not really. I mean, there's no stock issue. There's no stock options or anything else like that. What they do is they value the company on day one at, say, $100. And if it goes up to $120, you get your share of that 20 buck increase. Most of these plans are tied to some sort of a corporate transaction so if it's it's either going public or selling or whatever generally that accelerates the vesting and that creates a situation where the, the employee is going to get paid out and that that's why they like it because then they're going to get a pile of cash they're not going to get stock that they have to sit on and wait to sell to hear more tips from over 150 advisors visit exitcoachradio.com how can you motivate your employees to grow your company using your 401k plan? Listen to Harley B. Elland. Everyone's got a match in their 401k plan. Not everyone, but a lot of people have matches in their 401k plan. And they just do 50 cents on the dollar. What I've done is I've had a lot of clients that have have, have a, a formula-driven match. So if we do, and I hate to use terms like EBITDA, but if, uh, if we do EBITDA, which is basically a different measure of, of profitability for the company, mm-hmm. 
um, you're going to get a bigger match. So if we do two times dividend, you're going to get two times the match. If we do one times dividend, you're going to get one time the match. If you do half of it, we're going to get half. And this is a really something that's really changed. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I've, I've worked with ESOPs a lot. ESOPs are employee stock ownership plans. And what it is, is the employees all get to own the business. And when you communicate these things appropriately, I mean, literally, people stop stealing pens. It's a great situation. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. Venture capitalists are known for maximizing the value of a company and getting significant returns. And it's not unusual for a VC fund to bring us into a portfolio company about two years before they plan to exit that company. There's incredible perceived value. You know, the value may not change at all, but there's perceived value when a company is consistently covered in trade press and in major business press. So that is a tactic that companies should look at before they prepare to exit. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. What keeps the business owner up at night? Whatever that is, typically multiple issues, they need to fix it. And if it's something they're concerned might go wrong, they need to plan what to do when it does. And that typically means having someone like us on their speed dial and the appropriate attorneys or other consultants and having two qualified and trained spokespeople. We also urge that in employment contracts, everyone that works for the company is required to know and agree that any media calls get referred to X because there's been more than one company who was sabotaged by a very well-meaning receptionist who tried to handle a media call when there was a crisis. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. We have a responsibility when we run qualified plans as a business owner or in that world we call it a plan sponsor. That person has a responsibility of due care and due loyalty to the participant. And sometimes we forget that when we run plans and we do other things. But as you said, those breaches can become kind of onerous. The 2013 audit year, there were 3,566 audits performed by the Department of Labor and more than $2.7 billion with a B dollars in fines and penalties were levied. All of those things can be done and levied against corporate officers personally. It's not your corporate seat that might get sued or uh, levied. It's going to be you personally. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com. Make sure you understand in the fiduciary arena what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. Be very careful that you understand and are aware of your role and your responsibilities as a planned fiduciary. And understand, as you mentioned earlier, Bill, that the fiduciary breaches that happen in the plan can affect you personally. And I can imagine a person who's gone through an exit strategy and has now put a great plan together for some kind of succession to find out next year that they were going to be audited and that they may have a fiduciary breach that could come in and be the average fine last year was $600,000. So to find out that your plan might be upset by that process, you might need to look into outsourcing this type of situation to what I call a prudent expert. To hear more tips from over 150 advisors, visit ExitCoachRadio.com.
If you're the trustee of your company's 401k or profit sharing plan, you have certain responsibilities. What can happen when things go wrong? We ask Buck Blanton. We have a responsibility when we run qualified plans as a business owner or in that world, we call it a plan sponsor. That person has a responsibility of due care and due loyalty to the participant. And sometimes we forget that when we run plans and we do other things. But as you said, those breaches can become kind of onerous. The 2013 audit year, there were 3,500 166 audits performed by the Department of Labor and more than 2.7 billion with a B dollars in fines and penalties were levied. All of those things can be done and levied against corporate officers personally. It's not your corporate seat that might get sued or uh, levied. It's going to be you personally. There are many internet-based communication tools that are available. I use my cell phone for everything. So the first thing that I would recommend to people is if they are going to be traveling, even through the United States, you know, don't use hotel phones. Use your cell phone. And the reason for that, as we all know, there are a lot of charges that get tacked on to a lot of the telephone use in the hotels. That's the first thing. The second thing to keep in mind is that there are tools that are around there, that are around, that are internet-based, that will help control your costs. I will say, though, that controlling your communication costs from abroad is a whole other subject, because if you are a Verizon, an AT&T user, or a Sprint user, and you are traveling abroad, there are a whole host of other rules that are associated with that. You've got to sit down and develop a technology plan. A lot of people have a business plan, but they don't have a technology plan. What type of equipment do I need? What type of services that I need? Uh, a large percentage of my time is helping people brush up on basic computer skills. I help them select the right equipment, programs, and services, really based on their individual needs. And anytime something new comes out, I'm getting phone calls and emails in terms of whether they should upgrade, whether they should get a new product, etc. You know, the name of the game now is setting up a home office. Most people have some type of technology in their home. There's a big difference between using it for personal use and for using it for business use. And I have to really separate that based on how much time someone's going to be spending in their office and what they do for a living. Technology is here to stay, and having a technology plan is becoming very important. Here's expert Jim Blue. A lot of people have a business plan, but they don't have a technology plan. What type of equipment do I need? What type of services that I need? Uh, a large percentage of my time is helping people brush up on basic computer skills. I help them select the right equipment, programs, and services, really based on their individual needs. And anytime something new comes out, I'm getting phone calls and emails in terms of whether they should upgrade, whether they should get a new product. You know, the name of the game now is setting up a home office. Most people have some type of technology in their home. There's a big difference between using it for personal use and for using it for business use. And I have to really separate that based on how much time someone's going to be spending in their office and what they do for a living. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. 